0: Good evening. Good evening. Let's try that again, maybe, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, folks. Good evening. Uh, dear friends in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. My basis for my thoughts are taken from this evening's Gospel from John 13. We've already had a chance to listen to that today and this evening. <coughs> and so i uh, Let's bow our heads once more in prayer. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we are so grateful, Lord, to you for the bright hope <coughs> that is ours in Jesus Christ. Lord, we remember that hope tonight, Lord, as we gather around <coughs> the uh, altar <coughs> to receive a, a Your body and blood. <coughs> Lord, we come <coughs> brokenhearted at our own sin, brokenhearted, of course, for the uh, tragic uh, news in the youthy family and we ask Heavenly Father that you would surround us all every one of us <clears throat> with your hope and with your promise that you are with us always to the close of the age so Lord uh, be with us now and I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together may be acceptable dear Lord in your sight Amen We uh, come together tonight on this Palm Sunday. We come together, I believe, from a busy day for most of us. (coughs) We come uh, tonight uh, together from the marketplace, the school place, the workplace, the home place. We are here tonight to pause from the busyness of our lives, uh, to be refreshed and renewed in body and spirit. For some reason, Monday, Thursday, has always reminded me a little bit about Christmas Eve, or well, like Christmas Eve. Tonight we get the feeling that something, something mysterious is going on here. Something is happening that is greater than our poor minds to fully comprehend and to understand. In a stable in Bethlehem or an upper room in Jerusalem, faithful hearts will know that what is happening here is more than some cute fictional story. This is the unfolding drama of God's of God's eternal plan to bring salvation to the world. It is good that we are here tonight, for it is truly the story of our own lifeblood. This is the night for foot washing, the night of a new sacred meal. It is the night as well of betrayal, the night of arrest, and the night of, of uh, denial. Things will happen quickly now. On from the upper room to the garden, on to Caiaphas, on to the Sanhedrin, on to Pilate, on to the uh, ripping post, and on to Calvary. With every step that Jesus takes, the world becomes more bitter. But Why? But why? John chapter thirteen verse one gives us an answer, gives us a clue as to why this, uh, the, the the last supper and the uh, words and the uh, the suffering of Jesus to come. Why are they so important? Listen again to John chapter thirteen verse one. <clears throat> now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world uh, uh, to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. He loved them to the end. I see we got some kids now taking uh, notes tonight, so I'm going to give you three points. Write them down and uh, tell, tell Curtis, okay, okay? All right. First word, write it down, is the word departure. We notice first of all that Jesus uh, speaks of his departure out of this world. The word departure is based on that same word that comes out of the Old Testament, the word exodus. Jesus is then about to make his exodus out of this world. Moses gathered his people around. Uh, he was, for he was about to uh, deliver them out of Egypt. And so he was collecting them, gathering together so that as a, as a family, they could be uh, taken out of bondage to a new life. But on the night of this great departure, people were to celebrate the first Passover, a simple little meal that would forever remind them of God's great escape plan, his saving story, rescuing them from bondage. So Jesus said in verse 1 that the time of his departure had come. Now is the time when Jesus, the new Moses, will lead his people out of bondage, out of bondage to sin and death and the power of the devil in our lives. Because of Jesus Christ, we we too are led to a new heavenly home, a new promised land yet to come. And so because of Jesus Christ, there is always a way out. There is always a way open. No situation in your life tonight is so desperate that God cannot touch you and minister to you and bring you blessing as we receive his body and blood tonight. So see his <coughs> see his mighty hand as well, leading you from joylessness to joyfulness. Watch him leading you from sadness to gladness, from fear to faith. That's the miracle of this simple little meal of bread and wine. That's number one. You got that down? You got this that kind of okay? We're all right? All right. And secondly, we are told, having loved his own way in the world, he loved them to the end. Oh I love that. First thing we have to ask is who who are those who are in the world that he's referring to? Mary? His mother? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. And how about Joseph? Oh, you bet Joseph. And his disciples, oh yeah, uh, yeah, sure you betcha. Uh, they are they too are a part. Of his family but then I wonder what about the Pharisees? How about them? What about Pilate? Did Jesus die for Pilate? How about the Roman soldiers who drove the spikes into his hands on the cross? Were they too Among those that Jesus spoke to? All for sure. He loved the world. And you. (laughs) And you. Having loved his own, the Bible says, he loved them who were in the world. He loved them to the end. I don't know. What do you think? You think that's about you? About me? I believe that in your heart of hearts you know that that's true you too are the ones in the world whom God God, through Jesus Christ has loved you to the end now I suppose for all of us there are those prickly little nasty voices that go around in our heads and say ah uh, you're no good why would God ever love you after all the things that, all the bad things you've done and all the bad thoughts you've had and the terrible way you treat your co-workers, or for uh, 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 speaking uh, words of, uh, of cussing and swearing? How could God love you? For God so loved the world. And having loved his own, he loved them to the end. Oh, wow. I tell you folks, that is our greatest hope. One, one more thing. I think it's so probably number three, if, if you're kind of with me so far. <laughs> All right, number 30, uh, I wanted to mention. It's probably verse 14 and 15 of our lesson tonight. Jesus had finished wash, washing the well, feet of his disciples and he says if I then you Lord and teacher have washed your feet you also ought to wash one another's feet for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done and so all the way from the parable of the Good Samaritan to this. To uh, Uh, defining of the the greatest commandment. love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. So we are called to live beyond ourselves in joyful, loving, surrender service to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Oh wow. But I have to admit I don't think that I would be very good at it or very willing to wash somebody else's dirty stinking feet. I don't think I'd be up for that. But that is the kind of loving service to which each of us has been called. Although foot washing isn't really a part of our culture these days. We all know that there are organizations that come close to doing that. I think of the Red Cross, the Salvation Army, the Food Bank of Iowa, the Samaritan's Purse, and coming up soon for our church will be meals again from the heartland. Maybe not as fancy as washing feet, but it's what we can do to be a part of these ministries. And I have to tell you, when those little uh, brochures come into the mail, asking for more money and more money, and they come week after week and day after day, I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself at the moment. Don't always throw them away. Pick out one or two or three or more and share a little bit, give a little bit to the food bank or whatever else, Uh, that you feel some affinity uh, towards. Maybe, as we give a little something, this can also be our way of washing the feet of others. God's word tonight, the washing of feet, grabs our heart, and it calls us to loving, joyful service to those around us. I want to... uh, show you another story. Yeah, <clears throat> Kurt, you tell me. We don't have to write the story down. That's okay. <laughs> uh, back in 1941, as uh, World War II was kind of getting into full swing, at the Auschwitz concentration camp, there was a Catholic father by the name of Maximilian Kolb, who was imprisoned by the Gestapo. Uh, because uh, the father had uh, preached against uh, Nazism. There was a rule in the camp that if there was an escape, 10 others would have to die. Since in the, uh, And then uh, there was a, uh, they, they all got together for like a roll call in the morning and they noticed that one... Uh, one of the prisoners was not there and probably had escaped. And so the Gestapo guard uh, said, uh, okay, because of this, 10 of you have to die. And so they were selected at random. Finally, one that was selected cried out to one of the officers and said, have mercy on me. I have a wife and children. When he heard this plea, Father Kolb stepped forward, offered his, to replace him and to die in his place. And so the priest went with the others to the cell of death. During this terrible time of suffering, well, which uh, was uh, death by starvation, uh, he was there for about two weeks, and finally, uh, since he was not dying, uh, the Gestapo uh, came and gave him a, a lethal, injection he died August 14th 1941 and now we are told that the family gathers together every August 14th in remembrance of the man who gave his life for their father even so our Lord Jesus came to die for us, yes. He died in our place, bearing in his body the marks of the of the punishment that we deserve. Oh yes. Oh yes. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Oh, such love. And so, as we come to take part tonight of this sacred meal, we come, to our, we come at, our, at the, our Lord's invitation. It's not me, it's not Kurt, it's not the deacons, it's the Lord Jesus Christ who invites you up here to his table of grace. So tonight, I invite you to come to the Lord's table. Come repentant, yes, acknowledging your sin, but also come with a glad and a joyous heart, knowing that our Lord Jesus Christ has secured a place for you and for me at, his, at this table of grace and also at the great marriage feast of the Lamb yet to come. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thank you. And we're anxious to hear from our quartet tonight. Quartet, is it plus one? Yeah, right, let's do it.